Hi, this is Rose and Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We believe this teaching will empower you to grow into the fullness of Christ and inspires you to walk with Him. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. We believe in you and we know that He will appear in your life soon. Enjoy the message. amazing three and half day uh, this has been the best family gathering I have ever had Rose and I and we are so excited because <clears throat> yes for yourself <laughs> we, we, we have never seen anything but kindness in America but this is kindness plus in truth those who are not religious and their kindness is not their religiosity, but their kindness is out of that heart of truth, seeking the truth. And we all are seeking the truth. And I believe um, things, as Pastor Irving said, are uh, in acceleration mode. Because God, as we talked about this last night, that there is a difference between living on earth and living in heaven. There is a different way of thinking from the earth or thinking from the heaven. And I'm going to share a couple of stories today and then we get into the teaching. But uh, because some have asked, uh, what are some manifestations of the things that we have been teaching? And I want to share, uh, when we talk about everything that we've been talking about, Satan, devil, and then temptation, sin, death, all of these things, these are not just knowledge to... No, uh, but these are the wisdom of God by which we can live a different lifestyle. Now, um, when we got saved, I was still a student and I had a scholarship which was covering our, uh, my tuition and also part of our rent. Uh, Rose had a job, she was working, so when I graduated, uh, we were like nine months Christian, I think. And in my little understanding, my understanding of grace was something like magic. (laughs) I thought, well, I believe God, and the moment I'm graduated, I get a job and everything is perfect. But when I sent my first resume, nothing happened. When I send the second one, nothing happened. When I send the third one, nothing happened. After two weeks, nothing is happening. And I'm like, hmm, I believed God. Why things are not happening? See, that's why it's important to grow out of childhood into maturity. Yes. To think about our father like a son, not like a child. Yes. So grace, and this continued for uh, three months. This was like uh, from September to December to actually January. Now I'm a little agitated <laughs> and I think now I believe, but I mean worry, cares, fear. Now I'm presenting myself to God in my prayer as a son of God, but Satan also comes oh. among me. Right. So just as I'm thinking about the father, at the same time, there is 
another thought that speaks to me about what's going to happen. Now, what was going to happen um, was crazy because imagine we've been in Canada for almost four years. We, we sold everything when we were in Dubai. We came with just four suitcases and every money that we had saved was gone <coughs> during that four months, um, four years. Uh, I don't have a job. Rose is the only one that has a job and we are going into debt. And we are living on credit card month after month and we are paying more interest because the debt is growing. That's not the only problem. That was not the only problem. The, the next problem was because I was graduated, I was not anymore able to sponsor my wife uh, to have a work permit, which means her visa, when would expire, they would not renew it. So she had to go back to, to back home. And we have nothing back home. And she had left Iran when she was uh, 18. Now she's almost 30 years old, and there is nothing back there for her. So that was the other thing. We didn't have, we applied for permanent residency in Canada, rejected. So you think you have a God, yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I'm talking about. Because every thought would come to question the truth of what God has said to you. Now, how do you live in that situation? So Rose once, uh, one day told me that, you know what, maybe our understanding of grace is wrong. Maybe what you think grace is, is not what the Bible talks about, the grace. Why not forget about what you, uh, basically everything, and take one week off, give yourself one week, be alone at home, I'm at work, be with the Lord, and just spend time with Him so you can find that peace in you. Then you can say, I have a good wife. Yes. <laughs> so, so I did. And I spent a couple of days uh, with the Lord and everything was changed. I didn't need one week anymore. Just within two days, I felt the peace, and I realized I've been relying in, upon my belief, not God. I thought if I believe, it will happen. I realized, no, if I believe in God, who raises the dead and makes the barren womb to give birth, then I will have. So then in that place, it's not a matter of time anymore. It's, it's a matter of my trust in him. So that's why I said, you know what? Uh, I put my trust in him and I believe there is a, a great purpose for me to be in this country, in Canada. And uh, we would not leave this country. Now, her visa would expire um, end of June. Now, this was January. Um, they renewed my, we, actually they gave me an, a work permit instead of study uh, permit. So I could be in country for another three years. Uh, but after three years, if I was not a permanent resident, I had to leave the country also. So uh, we continued and our understanding came, we, we relied on one scripture that kept us in peace 
during the next few months. And that was the story of Jesus turning the water into wine. And he says, uh, basically, when what he said that they was to do about filling the water jars with water and uh, basically taking water with pitcher out of that and take it to the master of peace, as they are pouring that out, it becomes wine. Yes. Not before that. So we said, that is who God is. He's not into time, so my trust is in him. Whenever it's necessary, he will do it. I'm still in the country, and I'm not homeless, and I'm not, you know, um, I'm not in a situation that I would say, uh, I can't live this anymore. So I put my trust in him. And we said, even, it, even if it comes to the point that we are in airport, so I would send Rose back home, or we both go back home, in the same day, still God is able to do something. So that was our understanding. Now, just in the beginning, which was September of this whole story that I'm sharing with you, in September, when I was sending resume uh, to all, after uh, I think two weeks almost, I got one uh, interview, and that was over the phone. Uh, so I talked to the guy, and uh, he said, you're perfect. You're what we need, but we don't yet have a project. <laughs> so they were just trying to basically get some resume and uh, get ready for if there is some new project coming. So I was hoping that that would come. Now, uh, one month, two months, three months, four months, after that, I didn't even have another single interview. So I'm sending 30 resume every day, but nothing is happening. Nobody is calling. So the fifth month, nothing. Sixth, nothing. Seventh, nothing. So we, we came to the month of May. And Rose was supposed to leave end of June. So every day I'm opening my emails on my phone. I'm checking. Somebody has replied uh, saying, hey, dear Masood, thank you for your interest in our company. You have an exciting um, um, resume, but unfortunately, uh, the position is already taken. So one after the other, I was receiving these emails to the point that I was not anymore paying attention because this was something routine. So one day, <laughs> May 17th, uh, I opened my email and I'm checking my email. Um, Rose was at work. And uh, I'm just checking my emails. Uh, there was an email, again, something about job and all of that. And I was about to delete because I thought this is one of those emails. And I opened and I realized there are attachments. Seven attachments. And I said, interesting, seven attachments. And I read the email and there was nothing like congratulation or anything. It was just some, some words, and I'm reading, and I'm like not understanding, because my mind is not there. Okay? And I'm reading, and I realize, there is a question. When can you start? Uh, what? I didn't apply anywhere. What is this? I checked, and this was that one and only interview that I had nine months back. <laughs> Nine months back. So I opened it and I'm realizing, oh my goodness, this package. Yeah. 
I could have never imagined this. What they are offering to someone that is without experience, without Canadian experience, in a market that is laying off people one after the other, they are hiring me with this salary and they covered because the job was in Calgary. Now we, uh, we were in Toronto at the time. So they, uh, they said we would uh, come, pack your stuff and ship it to Calgary. If you have any, if you have car or two cars or whatever, we would carry it for you. They paid for our tickets. They paid for one month of our uh, residence accommodation, basically in Calgary, and one month of expenses. So they literally took us and put us in a new place ready to start. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now, yeah, at least five years of experience, Canadian experience, wow. okay? So, now the amazing thing is, because of what we're, we were going through, we came, in the month of May, we realized we can't even afford to live this way. We have, we can't pay rent, so we have to go and live with someone. So, one of our friends in Vancouver, he said, hey, why don't you guys come here, at least be here for another few months. So, so we, we had packed everything in boxes and we were ready to sell whatever we, we didn't want. So the day that we packed everything, the following day I received that email. <laughs> so when they said, when are you able to start? I said, when are you able to come and take him? <laughs> ready. So it's amazing. We went to Calgary and within a matter of three months, all our debt was paid. In the fourth month, we bought a brand new car. A year later, we bought a brand new house. That's called restoration. It wasn't God who didn't give me a job before. But it was him who restored everything to me. Okay, so I was coming, presenting myself as a son of God to the Lord, but Satan was constantly coming. But one day, my good Eve, <laughs> I, I took heed to what she said, and I did what she said, and that took away all the worry. And because of that, now I was presenting myself to the Lord without Satan in the midst. So that caused us to have, at the same time that people, our Canadian friends, good people, loving, kind, coming to our house and they're grabbing our hand and praying, Lord, please, we are like, we are at peace. And they're like, I do not worry. I'm like, you have a God. You know, that peace was different than the one that I had in the beginning because I thought grace is like, you just magically cause things to happen. So, anyways, something about, uh, because I haven't shared the story. Okay, this is part of what we were talking about yesterday, about you coming, presenting yourself to the Lord in your heart without having any accusation, without having any condemnation, but hearing Him declaring to you your righteousness, so you can see yourself. Because he said, don't worry, don't have cares, 
but seek the kingdom and your righteousness. Okay, so anyways, we went, um, we went there and I'm, again, what Rose said, I'm not anymore afraid of anything because it is God who put me there and I'm going to be who he is to people. So I began to talk to people, show them Jesus, love them, pray for them, all of that. A um, couple of stories we already shared, but one specific one, uh, again, surprise after surprise. After uh, almost a year and a half that I'm still in that job, um, uh, the last project that I was on, some, one day they called me in and they said, hey, um, we want to say that um, this project, we have limited hours, market is not good at all. And I'm like, okay, probably they want to lay me off. And I'm not just at peace. And they said, but the thing is, uh, your hours are finished. Other people's would be released uh, over the next two, three months. But the thing is, there is one project that for the next few months, they need somebody here in the office. But after that, you need to move uh, to some, somewhere up north, uh, just travel back and forth. Are you good with that? I said, sure. Yeah. Um, so they took me to the new office. I went and I was the only process engineer there. And it was only a small group, six, seven people. So I was there and um, I'm doing stuff for two, three months. Again, another um, meeting. Now, the big bosses came and they said, hey, guys, we want to say that uh, we have a good news and a bad news for you. I'm like, okay. They said, the bad news is the project has stopped. That means they don't need for you to work on this uh, project even an hour before you leave this meeting. So just forget everything. But the thing is, because our client has been so happy with this group, he, they have a project that they want only this group to work on that. I said, okay, amazing. <laughs> and uh, we said, okay, so what do we do? They said, we have some uh, documents you have to go through to understand what the project is, and we need to make a proposal and all of that. I have one, a year and a half of experience. I don't know these things. I've never been in management. I don't, I don't, I, I have no idea. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm tempted to go and say, hey guys, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. I don't understand who are you. Do you know who you are giving this responsibility to? <laughs> <laughs> and they think it's a small project. Nobody knows what this project is. And this is the market that uh, things are constantly going down, 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 because the oil price is going down, down, down. And uh, so I'm going through the documents. I'm just reading stuff. And I'm saying, OK, we need to do this and this and this. And uh, I went back to the project manager. And I said, hey, guys, this is not the kind of project that you think one or two people would be able to do it. They said, no, it's a small project. I said, OK. So I went again, checked everything, and I'm just taking notes and uh, trying to understand how many uh, hours, how many days, how many months of work we have to do on this. And I'm doing all my calculation. And I again went and talked to them. I said, this, I said, this is a big project. They said, no, it's maybe maximum we need one or two more people as process engineers. I said, no. It's a big project. So they actually um, took me into a meeting and I explained to them. And they said, okay, so how many people do you think we need? I said, at least we need four, five people in the beginning. And they said, 
okay, so go and do all the stuff that you need to do, continue. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? I don't understand. I'm just going again. And they said, give us a man hour. Give us an estimation. And can you also write down something that how you, we can do this? I said, okay, definitely I will do this. And I'm hoping that somebody would come and take this over from me. <laughs> so they said, um, they are so in rush and we're gonna have a um, um, basically kickoff for um, this project. So we're going to a meeting and the client comes and our big bosses are there and they have a presentation, perfect presentation. And at the end, uh, they say, okay, the people that are going to be working on this project, this is uh, from client side, this is from our side. And uh, they list the names uh, for each uh, discipline and all the leads and I'm writing and I'm like, yeah, exactly. Now the people are the people that have 35 years of experience, 30 years of experience, 32 years of experience. They are the leads on the project. Now I'm like, okay, who they have chosen for process, you know? And I'm like, process Masood Ramandi. I'm like, <laughs> a year and a half. What do you think? What are you thinking? Yeah, in our discipline, eventually I became actually uh, the one that is overseeing. Now I'm going to explain this. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm going to tell you why. Um, because these, are, these patterns are in the Bible, but they are repeatable, yeah. right? These are basically everything that are in the Bible. And the moment, the moment actually we put our love in Him, everything will be changed. Everything will begin to change actually in a different direction. So they, they came to me and they said, uh, so who do you want for this project? Now, we have to still rely on those people that are in the project. And they were supposed to be released from the project in the next two, three months. And now this is three months later almost. Now I'm taken out of that group of 14 people, 13, 14. I'm the one in the new project and I'm bringing people from that group to this group. Okay, why? Because when I was going to that job, every morning, I would be there before everybody else, and I go and I lay hand on the chairs. And I say, Lord, these people are all having families. And I'm here, and they're going to keep their jobs. But I didn't know he's going to use me to make them have a job. So five came. I said, I need more. They brought the sixth one, and the seventh one, and the eighth one, until there was nobody here, and everybody is here, and I am the lead over everyone. So, now we are going to meetings, and uh, we have engineering meetings, we, we are, everybody needs to, at, at the beginning of every uh, meeting, we have a safety talk. There has to be a safety topic and somebody presents for two, three minutes 
And I'm like, okay, uh, the, the first time that it was my turn, I said, Lord, what should I be talking about? Like, I'm not going to be talking about if you are in the street, watch today because the roads are crowded. And <laughs> <laughs> what is our safety topic? Right? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I said, I'm going to be talking about the renewing of your mind. So I went to the meeting and I began to talk to them about the importance. I said, every one of us uh, has heard story after story about like why uh, we have to be cautious when we go to a vacation in our house, in the road, and all of that. But something that we don't pay attention to is the invisible things. I said, <laughs> so I said, what about the thoughts? How do you keep yourself safe against the thoughts? Is not stress real? Is not fear real? They're like looking at me. <laughs> Nobody's getting engaged. Because in other safety topics, the other one would say, yeah, I also read this in newspaper and I read, watched this in YouTube. And here nobody talks. So I finished my story. I, I was going back and somebody ran after me. And I said, hey, I have a question. Uh, so you were talking about these things. Are you saying just by um, willpower we can do these things? I said, yeah, but um, that goes only for until a certain level. After that, you need something bigger that that power can help you. So you're, he said, you're talking about like high powers, like gods and stuff like that. I said, mm, maybe, <laughs> but he said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He said, can, can we go to, our, uh, to my room? He said, definitely, to my office. We went there and um, he said, okay, explain this to me. And I said, okay, you are an engineer, right? And he said, yeah. I said, you understand um, we have something called potential energy. He said, yeah. I said, okay. So you understand that when we are on Earth and we have a ball here, if you take this to this level, and put it here, you have already stored energy in this. He said, yeah. I said, that's the only time that when you release this, power will be released. He said, okay. I said, this that elevates you from the earth to this height is hope. The thing in which you put your hope is love. And the thing that has caused that energy to be released here is faith. Now remains faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these things is love. And tears are coming down. His heart was softened like nothing. 55 years, 56 years old, and he began opening to me about his personal life.
So he said, you know what? I have, uh, I have two sons that they are, they want my money, but they don't want me. So they become kind two days before their birthdays because they want the latest laptop or the latest iPhone or the latest whatever. I said, and it's my pleasure to give that to them. But I want something bigger than that. I want to spend time with them. I want to impart my wisdom into them that they may know me. I said, do you know that's the God that I'm talking to you about? And that's how he feels about you. So for the next uh, year, two years that I was there, we had conversation every week, at least one hour in his office. And I didn't try to push him. I didn't try. He was looking for wisdom. He was looking for advice, and I was sharing with him, and he's opening up. And that's what it means to know who our God is and to be able to love people with that genuine love, without being forceful, because I already know he's God's child. I'm going to treat him like a child so he can see himself as a child. The way I see him would cause him to see himself. So these are really practical stuff. These are the things that actually um, make life even enjoyable, very enjoyable. Because there is nothing like when you are able to love a person because you are finally being who you were created to be. And uh, because Rose talked about this, that the circle of love between God, me, and you, this always needs to be going, going again and again and again so, so that we can be edifiers of one another. Yeah. Amen? Okay, wanted to share a couple of stories with you, so uh, yeah, bless you. Okay, let's go to... Um, Let's go to Acts chapter 20. By the way, uh, the day that I resigned from that job, uh, my supervisor cried. Because I tried to be to him like Joseph to Pharaoh. Yeah. And people came and they told, because the way I was treating people under me was not in rudeness, what was not in uh, stress or putting fear on them. In fact, we were not able to meet uh, lifelines, but... <laughs> <laughs> And I would try to absorb all the pressure that was coming from the up, upper managers and not to send it to them. Now, people that were under me, they were freaking out. Yeah. 
They're like, well, what do we do with this? And I said, hey, relax, peace. And they're like, how can you be in peace in this place? I said, just peace to you. And they realized there is something different about me. So that also gave me another avenue just to talk to them about Jesus. So when I was leaving, I told them what I'm going to do because they said, where are you going? Now, I don't want to tell them directly. I said, um, I'm, I'm just leaving engineering. Oh, so you got a better job because that's the language of a workplace. No. But where are you going? So are you like, uh, do you have any other um, business or something? Said no. So I don't want to talk to them. And they pushed me. They said, so what do you want to do? I said, you know what, I, I want to maybe write some books and uh, do some teachings and stuff like that. They said, what is it? Is it like some kind of philosophy or thing? I said, it's Jesus. And they're like, wow, atheists not judging me anymore. They were happy for what I was about to do. A Muslim guy, when he heard, he came crying, hugging me and saying, bless you, my brother. Because you can't resist genuine love, never. But if I had debated with him, I have no voice into their life. Because when you debate, you're actually sending a stone. And it falls to the ground. And they give you a response that falls to the ground. You send another one that falls to the ground. They send it, fall to the ground. Without, before you know, walls are up. And you try to reach out to the person and you feel exhausted. But love brings down the middle wall of separation. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Rose and Masood Ramandi. We hope you stay connected by subscribing to our podcast to receive latest teachings to keep you growing in the knowledge of God. If you would like to support our ministry to continue spreading the fragrance of his knowledge, please visit our website at perfectedbyblood.com forward slash donation. For more teachings, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash perfectedbyblood. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, go to perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and sign up. You'll get a free ebook called Unveiled Word, a simple guide to understand the Bible. You'll also be notified about new articles, about our ministry updates, and our upcoming brand new online courses. And if you're ready to take your life into a whole new level, to go deeper and go bigger in God, make sure you grab my book, The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. When you order your copy, you're really supporting our ministry and the message we carry. And you'll also be getting a book that it will reveal to you how you can stop trying to fulfill God's supernatural plan for your life through natural means. Instead, you can receive the power of His mercy through deeper understanding of God's compassionate heart. This book helps you to change your mind, believe in God's goodness, receive His involvement in your day-to-day life, and finally, lift up the burdens off of your shoulders. 
It's called the Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. Thanks for tuning in.